Hello, this is Basil Howard Brown, and welcome to Messages of Revival. Today is the day the Lord's made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. As you listen to this podcast, I believe God will touch, heal, deliver, and set you free. Open your heart to receive now, and remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. God bless. Into Mark chapter 5, let me spend a little time here this evening talking about placing a demand on the anointing. And then we're going to lay hands on people. How many of you need prayer this evening? How many of you want prayer? I mean, I don't know what you need or want. <laughs> you know, I think I really believe the key to everything that God does for us is, is a desperation, is a hunger, is a pressing in. You know, let me give you this example. I was walking down the line one day praying for people. And there was a lady in a wheelchair. And I wanted to pray for her. I said, let me pray for you. I believe the power of God will destroy whatever's wrong with you and you'll get healed. And listen, she said to me, no, don't touch me. She said, if I get healed, I'll lose my disability. I, I thought, my God, Really? So you live for your disability. Hello? See, so let me tell you what. She, she didn't want a miracle. I don't, know, I don't really know what she wanted. I don't think she got anything that night. Because her focus was on her disability. So, so therefore, she's not hungry. She's not desperate. She doesn't want a miracle in her life. Do you know there's some people that that operate that way with their finances. They, they're always living in poverty, lack, depression, and it's like, they, it's like their thing they talk about. They don't want to get set free financially. They don't want that. that they want to tell everybody how bad off they are because people feel sorry for them and will help them out a little bit. Hey, forget about it. They're not desperate, they're not hungry, they're not determined to press in for God. They're people that want revival, but when it comes to paying the price, whoa, stop the bus. We, we don't want, no, we don't want to pay the price. Look, can't we have revival and a move of God and just be the same? No, because when revival comes, things change. You can't stay the same. We can't do the same thing in church when revival comes. We've been doing this for 23, 24 years now. Let me tell you something. I've met pastors that want to do a one-night revival meeting, like a Friday night Holy Ghost meeting. Okay, so Friday night's a Holy Ghost meeting. What's a Sunday night? What's a Wednesday night? What's a Sunday morning? So you're telling me the Holy Ghost can only show up on a Friday night. What are you going to do if he shows up on a Friday night, then he shows up on a Sunday night? You're going to stop him? Where did that come from? <laughs> You're going to stop the Holy Ghost on a Sunday night saying, no, Holy Spirit, this is not your night. You know, we gave you Friday night. And you moved Friday night. So, so this is my night, Friday night. Sunday night's not your night, Holy Ghost. You can't come and show up on a, on a Sunday night. Well, the, the bottom line is this. They don't want to make the adjustments and they don't want to make the changes. Some ministers don't want the move of God on a Sunday morning because they're afraid that some people might get upset and leave. Oh, so we're going to get upset and leave the church because God showed up? 
Imagine, imagine on the day of Pentecost, 120 people, wind starts blowing, fire starts falling, and, and 60 of them freaked out and said, we're out of here, we're, we're going, we've got to go. No, no, we don't want this, we're out of here. <laughs> the Bible says that we're in one place in one accord. We're in one place, but if we can only get in one accord. Hello. People sitting there thinking about, oh, I saw Sister Bucketmouth, and she was, so, she was so rude to me the last time I was here, praise Jesus. And then you're sitting thinking about all that stuff, and God's moving by His Spirit, but you, you're still locked up there in that whole situation. That happened like three years ago. Oh, you listen to me. Just move along, move along. Hello. How do you know Sister Bucketmouth hasn't been set free? Come on now. So people miss what God wants to do because they're running around in their own mind. They're think, thinking about, thinking about that. Listen, on the day of Pentecost, they were in one accord, waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. If we got in one accord here tonight, we might not go home. Now, there was like only three people that rejoiced right there. They were like... See, we've been around this long enough to watch how ministers respond to the move of God and what they teach their people and how their people respond. And let me tell you what, there's a lot of ministers that want to control the Holy Spirit. They want to control what God does in the house because they have another agenda. And as long as God can move in that agenda, then they're okay with it. But, but if they've got to leave their agenda and go move with God's agenda, then that's not going to be good. No, we, don't, we don't want that. Now, Friday night, that'll be okay. Sorry, I can't make it Friday night. I, you know, that's my bowling night. I go bowling on a Friday night. I can't come have a Holy Ghost meeting with you because I've got to go bowling. That's my bowling night. Now, it's not I don't bowl on a Friday night, please. Don't think, oh my God, he bowls in a Friday I don't! <laughs> it was just an example I was using. Me, myself, and I. We can't make it on a Friday night to come have a Holy Ghost meeting with you because I'm going bowling. Now, I can come on a Sunday night or on a Wednesday night. But Friday, I can't make it, man. If you want God to move, let's let him move on Sunday night. How about a Wednesday night? How about another Sunday night? How about another Wednesday night? How about a Sunday night? How about a Wednesday night? How about a Sunday night? How about a Wednesday night? How about a Sunday night? How about a Wednesday night? How about a Sunday night? How about a Wednesday night? You sound like an auctioneer. Amen. See, it's the difference with, with ministers trying to control what God's doing or ministers just allowing God, come Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to do. The desperation and the hunger on the inside of us has not faded away. Just because we've seen thousands of people full of joy does not mean to say the next person I see full of joy is going to upset me. I get upset when I don't see joy. Hello. I've had people say, don't, don't you get tired of that joy? Um, no. Don't you get tired of depression? 
Hello. Don't you get tired of standing up on a Sunday morning and looking over a congregation of a bunch of deadheads? They're all depressed and tired and weary and beat up. Don't you get tired of that? Now you want to ask me if I get tired of seeing happy people. I mean, come on. To me, listen, when I hear laughter in a meeting, it sounds like to me, it sounds like revival. It sounds like a river. Hello? Sometimes the river's flowing really hard and strong and it's flowing so loud that you can't even preach and then other times you can just hear the river flowing. Hello? You know, if you haven't worked it out, joy is actually a good thing. It's actually a good thing. If you don't think joy is a good thing, when you get up in the morning, look in the mirror. First thing, look in the mirror. You'll soon be convinced joy is a really good thing. You know, we simply, we simply come to church hungry and thirsty. We welcome the Holy Spirit. We allow Him to come do whatever He wants to do. And we place the demand on the anointing. That's all we do. That's all we do. It's very simple. It's not hard. It's not complicated. We don't, we don't try to clean up our life. We don't try to make right and do everything we have to do in our own strength so we can receive from God. All we do is come as we are. And then when we're spending time on the floor, He does the cleaning up. He does the setting free. He does the delivering. He does the change. God can do more on the floor in your life in an hour than what you can do going and sitting in a dead church for 20 years. Hello. Maybe I should rephrase it. God can do more in your heart and life in five minutes on the floor than what it would be like in a dead church for 20 years. Hello. And that's all it takes is a hunger. Let's, let's read a passage of scripture here so at least this can resemble a church service. Mark chapter 5 verse 25. I love this passage of scripture because there's such a lesson to be learned about hunger and desperation and pressing in. If we want God to move in our midst, we've got to press in like never before. I thank God for what he's done over the last five or six months. But let me tell you what, there's still more. I believe there's still a whole lot more that God wants to do. And whether it's here or somewhere else, we have to press in and get a hold of God and allow God to do whatever he wants to do. The moment we get in control or the moment we back off, God's going to go, okay, wait. Let me tell you what, I contend for revival every day because I do not want God to wait for another generation to be raised up. That could be another 10 or 15 or 20 years from now. I'm not waiting for another 10, 15 or 20 years before I see the move of God Almighty. So I have to contend on a daily basis. God, send a revival. Send a move of your spirit. God, we're not going to rest until you do. We got to see a wave of the glory of God. I know it came in the 90s. And let me tell you what, God's moved by His Spirit ever since. But I want to see the next wave of the glory of God come. And the wave that is going to come is going to be greater than the 90s and greater than what we've ever seen. But we've got to contend for it. We've got to get hungry for it. We've got to get thirsty for it. We've got to press in for it.
Verse 25 says, A certain woman which had an issue of blood, 12 years, had suffered many things and many physicians. Hmm. Sounds like life today. Hello. So they were practicing medicine back in Bible days too. They'd spend all she had. <laughs> it does sound like life today. Was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Oh yeah. That definitely sounds like life today. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and she touched his garment for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. See, there was something in this woman with an issue of blood. She said, if I can just press through the crowd, touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, I'll be made whole. Amen. I've spent all my money, all the doctors, the physicians. I, I, I'm not getting better, I'm getting worse. So I have one solution here. If I can get through the crowd and touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, I will be made whole. Let me tell you what, the church has tried everything. From church growth seminars to this, to that, to this program, to that program, to this plan, to this plan. Let me tell you what, we've tried it all. And we have not got better, but we have grown worse. If the church can just press through the crowd, press through the problem, the situation, press through religion and tradition and touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. When the church does that, they will be made whole. Our whole church will change when we touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Religion has no place in here. Tradition has no place in here. It doesn't matter how our fathers or grandfathers or great-grandfathers did it in church. It doesn't matter. It really matters. What is the Holy Spirit? What does the Spirit of the living God want to do right now in our midst today at this very moment? And I believe while we still have revival like we do is because we contend on a daily basis for the move of God. And, and while we have a revival like we do is every time we show up, we're always pressing into the things of God and welcoming the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to do whatever He wants to do. I know many people from the 90s. It's, it's dry. I know ministers from the 90s. Dry. I've been in churches, had four or five-week revivals in some of those churches. And I've been back over the years and I walk in there and look at them and it looks like I've never been there before. They look at me like they don't even know who I am. And I look at them and go, man, I know some of you folks. I've seen you drunk. I've seen you full of joy. What happened to all that stuff? Hello? Because they didn't contend, contend for the move of God. They didn't keep it up. They didn't keep pressing in. It's like our faith. We never, we never waver with our faith. Because I have faith for a miracle today. I'm going to have faith for a miracle tomorrow. Well, I'm going to contend with my faith every day for the move of God, for a miracle in my life. All I have to be is hungry and thirsty and press in and God will move by His power. And that's why I believe we see what we see. But listen, it's not happening all over the place. Are you listening to me? There's a lot of ministries that have gone dry. I can tell you right now, it won't happen here. And I can tell you right now, it won't happen where I am at because I don't believe in dryness. I believe in, in drunkenness. Hello. I believe in drunkenness. Tell you what, some of you I'm coming for tonight. I'm telling you right now. 
You go read some of these past revivals and past moves of God. And let me tell you what, God took stuff out of obscurity. Just a little meeting here, a little meeting there. And just because the people got hungry for God, suddenly he breathed on them. And there was a massive move of God. That's, that's, that's what we're waiting for. That's what we're contending for. That's what I believe is about to happen. And when it does, it's going to shake the whole metroplex. And it's going to shake the whole nation. Are you listening to me? And it's going to shake the world. Because God's going to raise up people out of this move of God and send them all over the world, carrying the fires of revival. I'm telling you, watch and see. It's coming. It's coming. But before that happens, God has to do something in us. It's got to start somewhere. God, let it start in me. It's got to start somewhere. God, let it start in me. If I may touch Buddy's clothes, I shall be whole. She didn't even want to talk to Jesus. She didn't even want to get his attention. She just figured if I can just touch the hem of his garment, whatever's on him is going to jump on me. And when it jumps on me, I'm going to be free. I'm going to be made whole. See, she had no concept or no understanding about the anointing, that the anointing of God's tangible. So when she touched Jesus, he felt it. Verse 29, the Bible says she pressed through, touched the hem of the garment of Jesus. Straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. Straightway, immediately, at that moment. This lady received a miracle in her body. The moment she touched the hem of the garment of Jesus. Why? Because she had an expectation of the power of God flowing through Jesus into her life to destroy the yoke of bondage and set the captive free. And I have that same expectation. That when the Holy Spirit shows up in a meeting like this, He's going to destroy the yoke of bondage and set the captive free. That's why I tell people you can get whatever you want in a house like this when God's anointing's in the house because He wants to set you free. You just got to press in. Tonight is my night. I won't leave the same way I came in Jesus' name. Verse 30 says, Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press or turned him about in the people. And he said, who touched my clothes? Jesus knew something had happened. Why? He felt the anointing leave him. These disciples said, thou seest the multitude thronging me and thou sayest, who's touched me? In other words, there must have been other people bumping into Jesus, touching Jesus, pressing in, touching Jesus. But you see, her touch was a different touch. It was a, pl- a touch of demand. Amen. I said it was a touch of demand. Do you know something when I'm walking down the line and praying for people? Do you know that I can lay hands on somebody and I can feel the demand? Some people, I stand there and I stand there and I try to press them in, break them through. Others, you get to them, I feel the demand. I feel the anointing being drawn out of me. I can feel the hunger and the thirst. Are you listening to me? Some people, you barely get to them. And before you can get an usher there, they're already going down. Why? Because there's such a hunger and a desperation on the inside of their life. They've got to have more of God. So before you even get there, they're already placing a demand on the anointing.
for the touch of God upon my life. That's exactly what I did. I placed the demand on the anointing. I was determined in the year of 93 that my life was going to have a transformation that I would never, ever be the same again. And let me tell you what, the year of 93 and ever since then, my life has had a transformation and I've never been the same since. And every year, there's a transformation going on inside of me. And every year, I'm not the same as what I was the year before. He looked round about to see her that had done this thing. Verse 33 says, but the woman fearing and trembling, <laughs> knowing what was done in her. See, it's already happened. It already happened. Knowing what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Thy, thy faith has made thee whole. So in other words, what Jesus is telling us is this. It takes faith to come and press in and touch me. And when you come in by faith to touch me, I'm going to meet you where you're at. And that anointing that I'm carrying is going to destroy the yoke of bondage on the inside of you and set you completely free. According to your faith, so be it. You only need the faith the size of a mustard seed. Have you seen how big a mustard seed is that can move a mountain? So imagine if you could get in line tonight with the faith of a mustard seed. Imagine what you'll get from God. Hello. Imagine what you'll get from God if you had the faith of a mustard seed here tonight. I'm not going to leave the same way I came. I'm placing a demand upon the anointing. I'm pressing in. I've got to have revival. I've got to see God move. I've got to see God come and shake the church. I have to see it. I cannot wait till another day. I can't wait till another year. I can't say let's, let's contend in two years time. No, let's contend right now for what God's doing right now because there's coming a day when he's going to move by his spirit and we want to be under the spout when God's glory comes out. We don't want to be looking for the move of God. We don't want to be on the bank somewhere. We want to be right in the river of God that when the river flows through us, we're right there. We're not looking for it. We're not praying, hoping and thinking we might get it. And I can tell you right now, folks, we, we're right on the verge of something huge. Amen. I said we're right on the verge of something huge. <laughs> do, do you realize, listen, you know, right now we, we, it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a work to get people hungry and, 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 and to come to the meetings. We're always pressing and we're always advertising. We're telling other people, get on the phones, call people, invite them to come. I mean, it's always, it's like a drive right now to get people to come. But listen, when the wind of the Spirit blows, then all, all of a sudden, if you think you've got a front row seat or you think you've got a seat reserved for you, you might have to start showing up a little early. Because you'll walk in here one day and the place will be packed to capacity and you won't have a seat. You'll have to sit on an overflow room somewhere. Are you listening to me? Because when God breathes on the people, then all of a sudden God creates an excitement on people for more of Him. Right now, right now it's work. Right now we've got to press in like never before. But there comes a day when He breathes on us 
And when he does, I'm telling you right now, it's all over. That's what happened in the 90s. That's the only difference between the 90s and now was the fact that God breathed on us in the 90s and that's why we saw revival like we did. But God's still moving in a powerful way like he did in the 90s. The only difference is the head count. That's all. That's all. Hello. Or let me say the heart count. Let me go with the heart rather than the head. But once God breathes in our direction, all of that changes. And I can tell you right now, when he does that, I'm not going to be sitting on the bank somewhere because I grew weary of a revival and the move of God. I'm going to be under the spout. Hello. I'm going to be under the spout. Now I'm going to be like one of those 120 on the day of, of Pentecost that were in one place in one accord. I'm contending for the move of the Holy Spirit. What about you? Are you contending for God to move? Listen, this is our nation. we got to see God come and shake this nation. We thank God for what He's done over the last few months. But let me tell you what, the opposition is still out there. And if they can take it away, they, they, they will and they will try. But let me tell you what, God has His hand upon the nation. Let's not quit what we're doing. Let's continue to contend for the move of God. Let's press in so God can come and change America. Change America. If you don't know Jesus and need to rededicate your life right now, pray this prayer with me. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess right now that Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Take out the hardened heart and give me a heart of flesh. Change me, Lord. Let me never be the same again. I repent and turn from my ways. I make you Lord of my life right now. Use me, Lord, in these days we are in. I am ready for your coming and always will be. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul and setting me free. Amen. Now, if you pray this prayer, I would love to hear from you. So please email me at revivalpodcasthb at gmail.com. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Messages of Revival Podcast. For more, subscribe to Messages of Revival Podcast on Anchor, Google Podcast, and iTunes. And share this podcast with somebody that needs to be uplifted and blessed. God bless you.